Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. What we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to all things money. Our ultimate goal here is to help you build wealth. Hey, you didn't stick to the script this time. Man, Van, we're trying to get this right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. And it is important to note here that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. And what we share on this podcast should be taken as general education and financial entertainment and should not be misconstrued as financial advice or at least uh, official financial advice. That's correct. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you stuck to the script there. Yeah, yeah. Try yeah. to show See, me I'm up, try, man. I'm trying try to be show me up. Here. Yes. <laughs> so if you have any questions, comments, or episode topics that you would like for us to discuss, please contact us at awordaboutwealth at gmail.com. That's right. Mm-hmm. And please continue to write and review as best you can. And again, sending those messages along will be very, very helpful for us. Yeah. I mean, we, I wouldn't mind getting another email from John in Australia. That's correct. Or maybe uh, Winston or uh, Clara from Australia. Winston? Did you get some emails that I don't know about? Winston and yeah. Clara. Um, if, if I ever had a son, I would name him Winston. Oh, <laughs> you don't have a son, man. I don't. You have two daughters. I don't know. They don't want to be called Winston. <laughs> or anytime. <laughs> Uh, what do, so again, thanks, thanks for tuning back in. This is episode two, actually, of car buying. So we're continuing to discuss a topic that I think is very important in terms of wealth building. Well, it's important. It's but, important. Yeah. I guess not towards oh, wealth, wealth, building, uh, wealth destruction. That's, that's true. <laughs> so then the first half of our podcast last week, we talked a lot about the kind of the overview of the home buying, uh, Jeez, I keep saying home buying process, car <laughs> buying process. And I we were talking back and forth a little bit about, you know, why the industry is the way it is. We kind of gave an overview. We also talked about how does wealth tie in with or wealth building tie in with purchasing a car? Yep. What happens to uh, what happens when it comes to buying a car if you are in debt? That type of stuff. Yeah, you have a pretty good memory. I didn't remember speaking to any of that. <laughs> it was really hot that day, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it sometimes, but some of us got to do their jobs, you know. Yeah. You're the brains. I just got to do the structure. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, what we're going to do today on the second half, we're really going to talk a little bit about the car buying process itself a little bit more so. Um, and try to dive a little bit into that, kind of give some overview and some tips, to be honest, about what you can do, some actionable steps you can take today. Um, if you haven't heard the first part of the podcast, I, uh, first half of this episode, I definitely uh, recommend that you go back and listen to that. Um, I'm still missing a tooth. That's why I can't say the V word. Mm-hmm. He's still speaking Spanish. Jeez, man. I'm very self-conscious about this. But <laughs> other than that, before we get in, how are you today? I'm doing well. Well, I mean, um, it's been another beautiful day in Southern California. I mean, a little, little warm. I know, I know people very, very are probably sick of us hearing about how hot we are in this room, but, um, I think we should always talk about how hot we are in this room <laughs> oh, yeah. because it's very hot in this room. Yes. Yes. It's like a sauna in here. Yes. Like a big bread. <laughs> uh, Among other things. How about yourself, Kevin? Um, getting by, still yeah. needing to recover with my tooth. Mm-hmm. Tuesday will be the day I go and, uh, kind of do step two of this process but okay. uh it's hard to talk i have mm. to admit i have to admit is it tuesday is when your new tooth will come in no 
So maybe next week next you week? still will hear me complaining about okay. my teeth. Interesting. But so, you know what we like to do. Are you going to get like a gold tooth or something? No, or? no, no, no. Not in the front. Not in the Not front. front. Okay. Maybe I'll reserve for the, for the back, you know? You know, when I got my crown and they, they gave me the option of using gold and oh. I, I was really considering it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it going to be? It was in one of my back molars. Oh. So no, I mean, it, only I would know, but it's just when I told that to my wife, she was saying, I will divorce you <laughs> at this instant if was you it, got that. Was it going to be super more expensive? I don't think so, actually. It wasn't oh, that, really? I mean, it might have been like just gold plated or like oh, maybe uh, brass or something, but it's like impractical. I mean, but it was it was an option, and I, I didn't think that was an option anymore. That'd be a good conversation starter. Yeah, it would be. You know, you'd yeah. be like, like I'm right. so rich, I have gold teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I just don't want people to like, you know, pull like my gold molars when I'm dead and things oh, like that. That's, <laughs> that's kind of that gross. That's a good point. Yeah. Maybe we should go back to the carpet. Okay. <laughs> I don't think people like to hear about us. But you know, our th- one of our themes on this on this podcast is we talk about the things people don't really like to hear, and we talk about it with passion. Yes, and we, pride. We're very good at making people feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, we should play that that nice uh, steamy music that we did a few episodes back. That's right. About, <laughs> the about sexy getting music. to know. Yeah, the sexy music. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, folks. Don't edit this out, please. Just kidding. Um, okay, let's get back to the car buying process. So what again, we're talking about. Yes, we are. Um, let's start with, you know, obviously we've set the table about what the overview of the home uh, car buying process is. Uh, what are some of the pitfalls that people like me who don't really know much about car buying usually fall into? So what should they avoid? What are some of the things that you think in your experience, people should really be smarter about this process? Otherwise, you're really going to potentially hurt your wealth building plans even more so, right? Man, I mean, you're going to start with the bad again? Like, what's start up with the bad. Yeah, I, mean, I hate this. I hate yeah. this process. The FSA, HSA, FSA, start with the bad. And now, you know, man, I see, I, I see a recurring theme here. Good cop, bad cop, you know, <laughs> I got to tell, tell it like it is straight okay. shooter. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So some of the biggest pitfalls. So I would say number one is not doing your research on this car. Because again, I mentioned in the last episode that there's a ton of information out there for you to know what a fair market value is for this car. Um, You know, what the reviews are, you know, reliability report and so forth that uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, my parents included, I mean, even our master and father-in-law, he doesn't really do because, you know, they just kind of Go in there. They just they say they just realize they need a car and they just yep. go out and just buy a car, right? Right. And just assume that hey, if I'm buying you know a Japanese Toyota's uh, or a Honda, it's just going to be reliable, which I would say in in most cases are. But I mean, there are certain years that are less reliable than the other years and so forth. And I think those are the type of things that that you know any car buyer should really take um you know take to heart. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where when you say research on a car, do you mean? Going online, that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, like, what are some of the things that you do when you are thinking about buying a car or helping someone do so? Sure. So, first thing I do, I really just go and find out what kind of car I need, right? Like, for example, you know, what kind of, uh, what do I need? What kind of requirements do I have in a car, for yep. instance? So, do I need a car for commuting? Do I need a car for, um, you know, racing on the tracks? Or do I need a car? Oh, you know, do people do that? <laughs> apparently. Um, I mean, that's something I wish I can do. But, I mean, really, it's just, uh, you know, do I need, um, do I need like an SUV? Do I need something that, um, you know, wh- how does, um, what, what is the best car um, that I need to find that will fit what I need right now? And that's essentially what I'm talking about. Got it. So do you think most people do this type of research? I don't. I think most people, they just say like, oh, you know, my Toyota Camry or my Honda Accord has been fine with me so far. So they just buy the next version of the Honda Got Accord it. and so forth. But I mean, I'm always the biggest proponent of, I mean, 
look, guys, there's um, you know, there's tons of other sedans out there that you can take a look at that fits the same model and all that. But and uh, for instance, like um, one of my good friends, he was um, he was driving like an old uh, Honda Civic for a long time, and he was gonna just go out and buy a Honda Accord. But I'm like, you know what? There's why don't you check out the Mazda Six? And when he tested the Mazda Six, he was like. Oh my God, this car is like way better than what I thought. And, you know, he ended up buying that car because he, you know, to be frank with you, he had no idea this car even existed, right? So that's why I usually go out and try to find the type of, you know, all the, within a certain segment, I just try to find what are the options within that segment. Got it. Right. So speaking of test driving, I see here the next point you wrote, not properly test driving a car. Yeah. Why is, does that really happen? Yeah. All the time. Because a lot of times, most... When you go to test drive a car, I mean, the salesperson is just going to say, okay, just make a right turn here, make a left turn here. And yeah. You're done and over with it within like five, ten minutes. And yeah. I mean, how to me, like, how are you going to know, like, how, how are you going to fall in love with a car <laughs> or know all those quirks if you only drive it for five or ten minutes, right? Right. So usually. Oh, so I see what you're saying. You're yeah. saying taking the time to actually mm-hmm. drive it more than just the five to ten minutes that they usually go and really test it out exactly got right it. i mean uh, just take it out for at least 20 maybe even 30 minutes but i mean don't just go like hey i'm gonna drive it out to you know timbuktu right now right <laughs> but i mean just give them a heads up and say hey is it all right if i you know go on a highway if i go if i go on this road and that road i mean right now i mean um i mean if they say yes i do mind then just you know go back to dealership and leave because you don't want to work with that type of salesperson but i mean more often than not they're just going to say yeah you know just go ahead and do whatever you want and i would say that um, if they really want to make that sale and impress you, then they're going to abide by your wishes. So that's why I'm saying, you know, just go ahead and test drive. And I, I would even say some people don't even test drive the car. Oh, like, wow. You know, when I sold my Honda Civic um, back then, the guy never even test drove the car. And I was like, hey, man, like, you sure you don't want to test drive the car uh-huh. just to see if it works and to see if, um, you know, I'm not like lying to you. Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm good. And I'm like, OK. Huh. <laughs> I guess I mean, you just have that kind of face, man. You mean you know, stand up face, honesty. <laughs> you mean shady, <laughs> <laughs> innocent on the outside, but shady on the inside. Oh, well, you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I guess so. But it's just like you know, I was really urging. I was like, "Come on, just you know, you yeah. don't even know if you even like this car." Yeah, you right. Know? So just take a look at it. Yeah, and especially with that kind of, mo- especially when you're spending that much amount of money, exactly. you should do what you can to make mm-hmm. sure that that's what you want to do right exactly i mean you may i mean everybody's all shapes and sizes right i mean sure. what if the certain car fits you know um doesn't fit you or you know you, you, there's a blind spot that only you can't see right i mean those are the things that you have to t- take a look at very true yeah. what are the things uh should people be or typical pitfalls so another one is that you know um going th- with the financing route i mean you, i know you um you and i know that i'm not a big a fan of financing but let's say i know most people are yes um so most people when they do finance they don't even do a lot of research on that so meaning um the first thing you would do is uh, just go to your bank or to um to get a pre-approval to see what interest rate you can get and by doing that you can um you know you can use that as a negotiation uh, factor when you're negotiating your oh. interest rate at a dealership because if you don't have that you don't have no point a way of nego- you know no no point of reference for you to negotiate with right so for instance um i mean i've seen it many times where you go into the finance office and they're like okay uh here's your interest rate at 5% and you go like you know at that point i mean you can kind of neg- start negotiating they're like hey you know can you, i want you to give me at 3% but they usually give you like a you know can um like a can answer as well based on your credit report and your debt and this and that Got like it. you can only afford um you know get this but have, if you have a pre approval letter it says hey my bank can give me at 3%. So I you either give me at 3% Smart. or I don't go with you. Got so, it. you know, by doing that, you you have a way to easily, you know, negotiate. It's not, not a big deal. Ah, so it's like that pre-approval, same thing 
what we had talked about in terms of like getting a pre-approval for a home. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, exactly. It's even very cool. That. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else? So um, using um, <laughs> a lot of people do this, which is they use monthly payment as their and their negotiating factor. So they say, like, oh, I can only afford two hundred dollars a month. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the biggest pitfall with that is like, I mean, if anybody can make, you know, any car be worth two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, exactly. Just, but it's just like how, how long are you yeah, going to pay that two hundred dollars, right? And uh, I think that's, you know, I would say even before you go into the dealership, you should have a price you have in mind and you should already know what is your max monthly payment it's going to be. Yeah. So, uh, for instance, if you know you buy like a certain like let's say um, a car, if your budget really is three hundred dollars a month, you should know how much of a car um, should, the final price should be to make it three hundred dollars a month. Got it. Right. So and you shouldn't really share that information with somebody no, you're negotiating no, with. No, right? exactly. I mean, <laughs> and when you negotiate, you should really only negotiate with the out the door price, which is my next point. Okay. Because um, you know, when you see the sticker price on there, I mean, honestly, Kevin, that that number means nothing to me. What is that number? It's just like it's just the retail price that you know that. The car is um, uh, listed at with before all of the other fees and so forth, right? I mean, and you know how much I love yeah. fees, right? Yeah, I know. I know it's. Uh, I believe you called it the devil. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> no, I call I called um, debt the devil. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> well, this is debt. This is devil junior. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so, so what I mean, is out the door price? It's pretty much the, the final price that you pay after every single you know fee and every single taxes and all the license fees Got and it. all that stuff. So Got it. because you don't you would hate you don't want to negotiate the um, the price before tax you know the you know the price before tax title and license and then like you know when you go into the finance office you see like all these other fees that they tack on and yeah. that's another shady thing that they yeah. may do it's like oh, it's like kind of like you know, we were um you know complaining about you know a signature fee and copy fee for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, escrow and things exactly. like that i mean they can you can have similar something similar to that and you know they could call them like quote unquote dealership fees right and you really just want them to you know um, add all that stuff into the out the door price for you so that way you know it makes the negotiation super simple for you i mean right. it, it does make it a little bit more complicated for them because they have to make, they have to do the math backwards, but yeah. for you, I mean, you, I mean, you are the consumer. You are the person who ultimately has the power. Yeah. So again, like, put the power more on your side. Yeah, don't yeah. forget that, guys. I yeah. mean, ultimately, you're the one spending the money. Exactly. Make them work for it. But is that now? So I'm curious because again, I don't like being part of this process. Can you get the salesman when you're walking the lot and say, "Hey, what is the out the door price?" Or is that really hard to do? I mean, you shouldn't really do that until you sit down and start talking about the okay, money, right? I mean, it. when you're driving around, I mean, just just focus on, you know, whether or not this is a good car for you. Got focus it. on, okay. you know, whether or not, you know, you, you see any um, problems here and there, right? I mean, you shouldn't really think about price when you're driving. Just, you know, think about dr- uh, prices once you get inside and you're, you know, they sit you down and, you know, give you coffee and so forth. Yeah. Got it. So I like this next one, how you, how you described it. You wrote, and I quote, driving a BMW... When your budget fits a Honda, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> well, what does that mean, my I friend? I mean, a lot of time it's like, you know, my budget is $25,000. So, I mean, $25,000, you can easily get a Honda Accord, Toyota Camry, um, uh, Hyundai, uh, what is it, Sonata, and so forth, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's just those are the type of cars that you should be looking at. But a lot of times people are like, you know, the, the BMW dealership is just right next door. I mean, just go see. Yeah, this is, this is, I just want to, you know, just, just go see and fancy and just test drive to see what I, you know, what I can get. And a lot of times, even if you have no intention of buying that BMW, it's just like, you just remember how good that BMW is compared to your Honda. Very true. And it's just like, man, like now you're, you know, you, now you're increasing your budget, like at least 10, 15,000. And then, you know, you're just shooting yourself in the foot there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Have you been guilty to that? I haven't, just because I'm, I'm you pretty know. frugal. You know that that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, to be honest, I love, I mean, I, being a car enthusiast, I do love German cars. I do love Volkswagen, BMWs, Mercedes, and all that. But it's just, for being like a math guy, being like a you know yeah, personal finance nerd, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it always trumps that Got car it. enthusiast side. But not a lot of, not everybody has that barrier, right? Because I know yeah. you go to the LA car show. Yeah. Uh, do you go every year still? I don't go every year. Since the, I used to go yeah. pretty much every year before the kids, but these days it's just yeah, it's hard. It's huh? But I know that you, every time you went, you would tell me how cool it is, like all the latest cars yeah. and all that type of stuff. I can imagine. Can you test drive there? No, but you can sit in there and it, like you know. Oh, you of, can actually sit you know, in push it. buttons and things oh, cool. like that. So but everything but driving it. <laughs> got it. So a lot of people might take that experience and be like, oh, it's so cool. But yeah. got it. Well, I mean, with the LA Auto Show, I mean, that's actually a good, w- uh, good way to research because all of the, the new cars are there. Uh-huh, so okay. all under one roof, right? So that way you can just sit into a bunch of cars without like driving from one dealership to another and dealing with cer- certain salespeople and all that. Yeah, because it's not really high pressure sales there at all, no, right? They're not trying to get you to buy anything. You're not, you're not buying there. anything there. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Um, what about, what else? Uh, okay. I see you're trading car value. Yes, yes. So trading, so... Most of the time, like trading in the car is a bad idea. Mm, really? Yeah. I okay. mean, because I mean, it's definitely convenient uh, in a sense where, you know, it's, you're doing a one stop shop to buy your car and sell your car in one transaction. However, um, in many cases, you know, trading in your car actually gets you um, a lot less money than if you were to sell it outside yourself. Uh, so the yeah. car dealerships want to make sh- they that's another way that they try to get more out of you. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just another um, place where they can add more margin and things like that. Got right? it. Um, but I would say if you do want to trade in your car, um, I would say there's a smart way of doing that as well. Um, and one way to do it is you, you go to CarMax, like we mentioned in the mm. last episode, and you can g- g- uh, go get an appraisal for that car. Uh-huh. And that appraisal essentially becomes your baseline when you want to trade in your car. So Smart. So, like, let's say the trade-in value, uh, the appraisal value for CarMax is, like, you know, let's say $5,000 for your car. Um, because I could tell you right away, like when you when you say you want to trade in your car um, at the dealership, buying your new car, um, they're gonna they're gonna probably offer you three or four thousand for that car right off the bat, like because they're shooting from their hips too, right? But when you have that CarMax appraiser say, hey, CarMax is offering me five thousand, um, I'm not gonna let it go for at least you know fifty five hundred or six thousand, yeah. And then more than likely, you know, they're gonna budge towards that, you know, Got because it. you it's kind of like the interest rate example again, right? Yeah. Now you have a baseline of what you can negotiate with. Ah, I like that. And, yeah. So it's really about equipping yourselves to be better negotiators when you go exactly so right having all these things pre-done hmm, i exactly. like that because cool. yeah because for me like i'm only a real good uh, i'm a good negotiator when i have all the facts on my side and i could prove things but like you know our, our master here man he doesn't he doesn't need all that he just goes Makes in and it says, up as it like, goes he, he does which is like amazing <laughs> but the thing is i don't have the nerve to do that or i don't have the skills to do that without you know, feeling bad or doing this, but I mean, he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And uh, yeah, so I would say just, you know, that, that's another, uh, by equipping yourself with all this, it actually makes, I know you said you don't like negotiating, but yeah. it, to me, it makes it a lot easier because yeah. it's either you could do it or you don't. And yeah. if they say they can't, you know, buy that car, um, trade in the car for 5,000 bucks, then bring it back to CarMax yeah. and get that $5,000 there. Yeah. And it's like calling these guys out, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of these guys are trying to, they're, 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 they're banking on the fact that you don't know right. as a way to gain just that little bit of edge, right? Exactly. But if you equip yourself with those, you can kind of like, hey, no, it's like this is legitimate, you know, right. et cetera. But I mean, even with the, you, know, you can even threaten them to, I mean, threaten to negotiate with them yeah. in a way where you say like, well, if you don't buy this car for, you know, 5500 then I'm not even going to buy the new car. Got and it. it's like at that point, Make like, them. you know, is it worth, you know, you know, because you know that. 
with the with the um most car dealership they don't make a lot of margin in new cars, but with used cars they make a ton of margin. You know, so yeah. it's it, to me I wouldn't feel bad at, about them. Got it. Getting it. Got it. Because they they have the power to say no as well. If they say yeah. no, then they say no. Very cool. Anything else to wrap up this section, Van, about uh, other pitfalls that you can see? So the last thing I want to point out here is, uh, you know, giving too little time to buy a car. So it really sucks when, let's say, you are in a car accident and your car is totaled and you need a car really soon. Or, you know, your or your mother calling you the day before <laughs> saying, hey, I need you to help me buy a car. And, you know, when in those type of situations, I would say that, you know, you're always in a disadvantage because now you don't have the time to um, to start shop for it, right? Got it. So, for instance, um, you know, I would say that the the few times where I thought I didn't have that great of a deal was when I felt like I had the you know time was against me. Yeah. Right. So if I you know for instance when my my brother um, he wanted to buy a car and he had to get one that weekend, I mean oh, it's geez. just like. Yeah, you know, we had no. I mean, we, this is the first car that we saw that fit his requirements, and we were like, I mean, we could go, you know, drive. 30 miles uh, somewhere and, you know, and potentially find like a, another dud, right? Or just buy this one at this price and guarantee yourself a car by, you know, by this weekend. But I mean, you just don't want to put yourself in that situation at all. Especially with these big investments. I keep going back to that. This is like one of the biggest investments that you'll, not even investment, yeah, biggest yeah. purchases exactly. that you'll yeah. make. I know I yeah. made that mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, just, yeah. So just, um, just give yourself a lot of time. I mean, a lot of times when you put in your, uh, let's say like you offer a price for mm-hmm. a car and they uh, the dealership denies it and then you, you you leave i mean if if they really if they can't find another buyer at that price they're going to call you back and say hey okay mm. you know we thought about it and you know uh, we're, we were we're willing to accept your price because their job is to move those cars exactly right so they want to make sure that they if they can they will exactly in a way so we have to take advantage of that yeah so i mean like i said just if you equip yourself with enough time then it's just it's just to your advantage yep all right i like this next question that i wrote (laughs) that i asked on the show notes and how you responded so i'm gonna ask you van sure i said why should we never pay sticker price okay and i i wrote here uh, verbatim it's only fools pay sticker price (laughs) And why is that, Van? I can't, we, or actually, we kind of talked about it a little bit yeah. more. You kind of mentioned it was just the fact that it's really well, – like what do you – you said you don't even look at it. But what does a sticker price really show? Is it mean, a bogus number or – I would say it's a bogus number, but it's just – I mean it's called the uh, – it's the MSRP price. You know, manufacturer suggested retail price for that particular car. But yeah. I would say, I mean, unless the car is like a really hot item that there's a ton of demand for, then more than likely you're going to – you know, um, you can easily negotiate – under sticker price pretty easily uh, because normally when they when they um when you sit down with these salespeople, that's the first price that they offer with and you know at that point you give them your number yeah <laughs> which is you know a, a totally different number but again i would say like you know out of, of my 15 or so um like you know de- uh, transactions that i've done with i mean all of them i've paid well under sticker price for got it and out the door out the door out yeah the door. so it's just something that i think is um and I mean, unless you you negotiate, like you know, you you know, if you always pay sticker price for these, I think you know you're leaving you know sometimes thousands of dollars on the table here. People. Yeah. So it's something that you really need to, um, you know, you know, man up or woman up. Yeah. To, <laughs> to really you know start you know stand your ground and you know stick with the price that you want to pay for it. Got it. Yeah. And it's, again, it's it's pretty easy to find out you know using like True Car and so forth to figure out um what uh you know what's a good fair price for this or what's a really good deal for this car. Got it. Yeah. So continuing down this trend, Van, um, in terms of pitfalls, 
what do car dealers try to do to really stick it to the customer? Okay. <laughs> because I know you've kind of already touched upon this throughout this podcast today, this episode, but also last week. But let's sum it up for some of our listeners as well. What are some of the things you've encountered? You said you've done this 15 times um, and you've probably – that's 15 times you bought a car. You've probably gone to much more dealerships where you didn't buy a car. Mm -hmm. What are some of the most interesting ones that you've seen um, that people should really don't take stock in actually? Mm -hmm. They should just say that this is all part of a strategy or some sort of uh, high-pressure sales strategy. What are some of the things that you've encountered? Um, so some of the things I've encountered was, um, you know, one of, one of my biggest pet peeves is when you, you know, you're on the phone with the, the salesperson and say, hey, um, you know, we negotiate the price over the phone and then you go, you go down there to pick up the car. Yeah. And then you go down there and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sir. Uh, the, the car had just been sold like five minutes ago and it's no wow. longer here. And I'm thinking like, oh, really? Like, you know, it, it really takes that, you know, it yeah. only takes like 20 minutes to sell a car. You so crazy guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how many times have you sat in the finance office after you negotiate, right? I mean, right. it takes like at least an hour or two yep. to do that. But, you know, so, you know, for some miraculous reason, they're able to sell this car in record time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you know, and that, that's really piss, pisses me off because now they have, they usually have another car that has maybe one or two more options that adds cost to it, right? So, of course, they can't negotiate, right? And um, to the price that you originally did because it's not, quote, unquote, the same car. Yeah. But usually at that point, I mean, I, I usually tell them, hey, either you sell me that car with all those options at the price that we negotiated or I'm walking. And, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, I usually walk most of the time in that yeah. case. Yeah. And it doesn't miraculously show up. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I think they're just like BSing me at that point. Yeah. yeah. So, geez. it's just something that is just... Um, because it's, it's at that point, it's a total waste of time for you and them, right? Yeah. And it's just like, I just, I don't, um, because I know some people, they feel like they're obligated to buy another car, but I would say to our listeners, you know, just, just walk. I yeah. mean, just, uh, you, you, although you wasted like that 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever, it's well worth, um, you know, not dealing with these type of scum. <laughs> so it's like they, it's, so it's a ploy to just get you down there exactly. to then sell you that similar, mm. almost similar car yep. at the higher price because they need to move it. Exactly. Man, yeah. that's, that's shady, that's pretty shady. Stuff, And man. I mean, that's, that's not, that's happened quite a few times, I would say. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of times, actually, that's why I like dealing um, over emails because with the emails, like you have actual proof, whereas yeah. when I'm on a phone call, there's no transcript or anything. Yeah. That, I mean, I wish I had a transcript at yeah. that time, but um, you know, with, with the email, you can at least ask for the VIN number and things like that, that, you know, you can actually see the exact card that they have. Oh, right? God. I mean, it gives you some sort of, um, it gives you, uh, you know, a- actual proof to say, hey, we negotiated at this price and you guys say that you guys had it in the stock. Yeah. And, you know, you guys have to honor that. Smart. Yeah. Cool. What else um, have you encountered? Again, like, you know, starting with your sticker price for negotiation, right? I mean, the dealership, they're going to do whatever they can to say, like, no, this is this is the price that everybody buys it at. And, you know, th- you can't get it any lower than this. And you, the price that you're offering me is totally ridiculous. Wow. So, <laughs> so for instance, um, when I bought my sister's car, they listed the price at $8,200 sticker price. And out the door price was about, I think, 9400 or something like that. And uh, actually, it was about ninety. They say like 9000 to make uh-huh. it. Uh, actually, uh Okay, let's say nine thousand. Okay, it easy, right? And then so my 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 low ball offer, I was like, okay, I want this car at six thousand out the door, and they're like, oh, 
Sir, there's there's no way we don't we're not making any money off of this. You are, you know, I can't take send my kids to college with this type of, you know, with this type of margins and things like that. Right. And they just kind of tell you like, oh, we offer you know better warranty. We offer, you know, we are, you know, we only bring in good cars to the dealership. And, you know, they give you like a hundred different reasons. Yeah. Right. And they were like, but I'm like, OK, then give me a better price. Yeah. And, you know, usually they try to they want you to give them your ceiling. So that way they can you know go down. So I would say. You know, do a ping pong effect, right? So mm-hmm. if they give you a price, you give a price, and then you wait to you, you don't give them another price until they give you another price. Got it. So you know, because they really want to see where where you want to land at. Yeah, yeah. Got it. So I would say just yeah, just do not you know for you uh, for the consumer, do not start at sticker prices negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this game. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's like it. all the song and dance and all that stuff. Uh, you know, and then. When it comes to what about budgeting, you okay. know, they're they're always, you know, what what are they always looking? They're obviously trying to make the highest sale for the highest um, for the highest dollar amount, right? Um, what are some of the things that they try to do um, when you tell, like, should you tell them your budget? Is that a smart thing to do? Should I tell them I really can only spend twenty thousand dollars today or whatever? Um, have you run into any of those types of situations? Yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, well, first of all, I would say, like, don't ever tell them what your budget is. Mm. Like, just say, like, I want to buy the car at this price. Because if you say ah, you have a certain budget, then, you know, of course, they're going to, you know, either they're going to. First of all, you may, like, put your pigeonhole, your, uh, put yourself in a situation where, you know, the car is not worth that much. Right. Mm. So, for instance, you know, in my sister's case, like if I said, oh, my budget is eight thousand dollars. And oh, yeah, they're going to they're going to start the negotiation at nine and work your way down to eight. Right. Got it. Um, whereas if I you know, when I started at six, you know, they, they now they got to work down from like their nine thousand to like, you know, somewhere in the middle there. Right. So now Smart. you have a bigger range. But um, so that's that's one part is don't reveal what your budget is. Just okay. kind of reveal what you want to pay for. It and that that's final. Um, but as far as they, you know, buying within your budget. So let's say like, um, you know, kind of going back to the BMW and Honda <laughs> example, right? Yeah. I mean, if just, if, um, or actually if you're in a Honda dealership and your budget is only for a Honda Civic, do not drive any Honda Accord. Do not drive anything better than, you know, what you are budgeted for because yeah. you're just going to, um, you know, you're going to have the emotional feel. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Employee. And they're going to show you like, oh, like, you know, this Honda Accord has all these other features and all that. And they're just going to play with those emotion strings and all that. And you're wow. just going to be, you know, their puppet, you know, <laughs> just like your puppet. Like dance puppet. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Mm-hmm. Um, any other things that you've seen, Van, from, you know, just car dealers yeah. and tactics? So like, for instance, in that, in that case with my sister's car, like, you know, I said, oh, you know, I only want to pay $6,000. And they're like, well... Let me show you what other $6,000 cars are there on the lot. And they show me all these other $6,000 cars that I had no interest in buying. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to buy this car for yeah. 6000 bucks, And um, I mean, at that price, I mean, I know like my parents' budget at the time was 8000 right? So yeah. I really wanted them to give me a number around 7000 something. But, you know, for uh, but like for when I would say that... Um, you know, so basically just stick with the car that you want to buy because, you know, you already know like, you know, what the fair price for this car is. So don't let the dealership bully you into thinking that, oh, there's no way they can sell it to you at this fair price, for instance. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So they'll really try to do a bait and switch kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, speaking of bait and switch, uh, one of my friends actually bought um, an Acura TL like a few years back. Uh-huh. And, you know, when they were verbally discussing it, they were saying like, oh, because my friend wanted one with a navigation system and all that. And they were negotiating one for nav- with a navigation system. Okay. But the thing is, when they went to the finance office and they're like, okay, they already negotiated a price. They go into finance and now they're filling out the paperwork and he was like, wait, I don't see a navigation option in here. And he's and the finance guy was like, no, you guys negotiate on the non-navigation portion. And oh. he was like, 
no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not. Me. I mean, this. No, I, ne- I negotiate. With, we wanted the navigation with it, and so they got to go back and redo all the negotiation and all that stuff. And it was it was a mess. I don't I don't think he bought that card that night, but it was just like you it's know they, he wasted three hours there, you know, <laughs> because they were trying to be sh- shady and try to basically sell him something that you know they they were dishonest about. Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of the finance person, mm-hmm. man, I yeah. know in the first episode you you were telling us you were you were uh, teasing us uh-huh. a little bit with an with a story about or not the story, but you were talking about the process in general. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think once you get past the salesperson, you get to the price, you're home free. Yeah. But what you told us last week was, oh, little boy. It's only just getting started. Yeah, it's round two. It's round two. Round so two, talk yeah. to us about yeah. the evil finance yeah. person because clearly I did not know that yeah. that was part of it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, don't, I'm not saying dealerships are evil or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I mean, I know people who worked in dealerships and yeah. so forth. And I understand that they, everybody has to make a living and so For forth, sure. right? But it's just, I mean, anywhere you work, there's always going to be good people and bad people. Sure. And Unfortunately, with the car dealerships and so forth, you just there's we just have the stigma that everybody there is bad, which I don't. I'm not saying that at all. Fair enough. But I'm just telling you like things to look out for. Right? Yeah. So that's true. Because this finance person usually he's just like you know oh, like kind of buttering you like congratulations you did you made a really good deal yeah. and like you know trying to like you know make it make it seem like you know they're losing and you're winning and all that for, and stuff right so, um but really again I mentioned that this guy's really salesperson number two. <laughs> Oh, man. So what are some of the things that we need to be – well, what do they – first of all, what does a finance person usually do? What is their job and, and role in, in the home uh, car buying process? So they – I mean they're um, – so the finance person's really – you know, they want you to think that they're just here to handle you know, the finance portion of the yes. uh, of the purchase, right? So you know, what interest rate you will get and the loans and, and so forth, right? And like the, all the transfer of titles and all that. Um, but really what they are, um, uh, they're really there for is not only to do all what I've just mentioned, but also sell all the extended warranties and sell all these extra knickknacks that, you know, you probably don't even need. And I mean, he's going to make a, you know, he or she may make a pretty compelling case of why you would need each of these items. Wow. Yeah. So for instance, like, um, you know, when you buy a, when you go to the salesman number one and you, you, you buy a Honda, they always say, you know, use, oh, Hondas are very reliable. You can keep this car for 10 years and blah, yeah. blah, 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 right? Like, you know, you're never going to have any, to worry about anything, right? But when you go to the finance guy, he's going to go, oh, you need that, you know, Kevin, <laughs> you need that extended warranty. You know, you don't have, you have no idea what's going to happen, right? Oh, I mean, it, you could be, you know, the engine could just blow up the next, you know, uh, you know, years down the line and, you know, you have no protection. So you need to inv- uh, protect your investment, Kevin, right? Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, they're just going to sell you all these, like, you know, um, uh, extended warranties or like, you know, paint protection services or, you know, gap insurance and things like that, that really, you just don't, you don't even need any of that stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then... <clears throat> Now, sorry, to back up, mm-hmm. if you pay for your car all at once mm-hmm. without finance, do you still go to this person? You still go to this person. Oh, because so, they still want you to buy the warranties and all that stuff. Well, not only that, but they also have to fill out the DMV paperwork oh, and all that I stuff see, too. I, see, I mean, I they, you have to do it at a minimum. Got but, it, got it. But, you know, usually that's just an opportune time for the dealership to add on other services that gives them a ton of margin, right? I mean, it's like, uh, for instance, they, you know, they may charge you for um, like fabric protection, like car seat protection, for, um, you know, that would be maybe two to three hundred bucks. But you can do the same thing, like going to Amazon, buying some uh, Scotch Bright <laughs> or Scotch uh, Scotch Guard for yeah. like, you know, five bucks and do the same thing yourself. Yeah. And it's just I mean, it's just people, you know, they usually try to, you know, because you've gone so far down the process, they just try to you know pull those you know, emotional yeah. strings to make it seem like hey, you really need to, you know, here's how you can protect your, yeah. your car. 
And you've already spent that much money. What's a little bit more added on top, exactly. right? Exactly. Ah, yeah. So, guys. I mean, I would say um, in general, just say no to everything that they provide. I mean, like, for instance, extended warranty. I mean, they make it seem like that's the only time you can buy an extended warranty. But you can actually buy an extended warranty when you've drive, driven the car for a few years and you're nearing your, you know, um, your warranty uh, expiration date. And you, I mean, at that point, I, get, I can guarantee you that you're going to get a letter from the um, from the manufacturer saying, "Oh yes, I saying, received those." Yeah, saying, "Hey, uh, ex- buy this extended warranty," and blah blah blah, right? But I mean, by then you would know whether or not you want to buy the extended warranty at that point, right? So, really, rule of thumb: just say no just at say this no point, right? Because there's really nothing anything good out of those yeah. <laughs> offers. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember a time when I was going with my uh, really good buddy um, and his mother-in-law to buy a Honda Fit. And okay. um, we were in the finance office and they were, he was kind of going through all this stuff like, hey, um, you know, we want uh, we have this lifetime oil change, process, uh, you know, this service for your Honda Fit. And, you know, we really recommend it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, stop right there. Just I mean, just this is a Honda. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, this is a really reliable car. I mean, uh, getting an oil change in this car, what costs like 25 bucks or so. So. You know, no, and then he proceeded to go to the next item that he was going to sell. I was like, you know what? Just go to the financing part. I just I don't I don't want any of this stuff. <laughs> so I just kind of sh- you know you just kind of shut them down. Especially you know a lot of stuff that you know if you're buying a like a Honda Fit, which at the time was you know a sub twenty thousand dollar car. I mean, you don't want to you don't need all this crap. Yeah. Too. And what, did they did they listen or did they proceed to continue down that list? I mean, the guy he he listened. He was like, okay, let's just get to the paperwork. I mean, okay. he was at that time because I was getting impatient with him. And I was like, you know, Good. just just get to the point, yeah. guys smart yeah cool so anything else on the more negative side because they definitely want to get to the best practices sure do you um it's pretty comprehensive anything else like last i guess just summing up the pitfall side of the home uh jeez car buying (laughs) process sorry folks let's see there was something but i kind of um it kind of slipped my mind but it you know, it'll come, it may come to me later. Right. You know, we can go to to the next. Well, side. let's look to the bright side of things. Sure. sure. What are so clearly, even with all those pitfalls mm-hmm. and even all those things, mm-hmm. you have made the case early on in episode one of this of this cast that you actually rather enjoy this process. Yes. And that you didn't enjoy it the way that I disdain this process in the beginning, but over time, equipped with research and information, you have actually. Your people are coming to you to help. I know I would go to you if I needed help. Um, I think you know. You go to you should. I would say at, at the very least, go to your wife first. Oh and yes, then, and then go to the true. master. Go to the wife, <laughs> master. You so, yeah. but you actually like this a lot. So mm-hmm. can you share with people like me who again we just don't really like this? What are some of the best practices that we should be taking on? Uh, Aside from just avoiding the pitfalls, there's actually some proactive things that we can do. Oh yeah, um, when and if we're in this position of purchasing a car. So why don't we go through some of those best practices uh, when it comes to car buying today? All right. So again, I mean, I I mentioned this like many times on this podcast, and the last one is uh, research, research, research. Right. And oh, so are you saying we should research? Yeah. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, what I mean is again, you know, figure out um. Not only figure out, you know, what was a good fair price to do, but I mean, for instance, like if you buy a new car, um, one real good way to figure out what's a fair price is you email a bunch of dealerships and say like, hey, I want to find um, this car and this trim and this color with these options. Uh, what is the out the door price for all this? 
And a lot of times, I mean, one shitty thing is they usually send you a, a price back before tax title and license, and you usually reply back to them, no, out the door, or OTD, that's what I, I put in, like, caps and, like, underline and, like, super font and all that. And that usually, you know, they get the point after that. But Got it. again, it's just, you know, but when you send an email to all of these dealerships, they're, what they're going to do is they're going to, you know, reply back with a whole bunch of prices, right? And which is kind of amazing, right? Because you think that if it's the same, if it's just an MSRP, same MSRP price, um, why is there such a variance in prices, yeah. right? And once you get all these um, all these prices back, you take the lowest one, and then you just email it back to all the other guys and you know the uh, other guys and say, okay, smart. can you beat these? And you know most some guys will say no, no, and then you you will see one that'll say yes. And once you see yes, and you take that that lowest price, and then you email that to the, <laughs> the, rest of the guys until eventually everybody's gonna say, oh no, we can't match, it. we can't beat it. Um, but one shady thing they was gonna say is, oh, we can beat that price, Kevin. Uh huh. You just got to come in and we got it. Oh. You know, we can negotiate in um, in the dealership. And, you know, at that point, you can just say, like, no, I only negotiate over the over email. And yeah. that's it. Right. Because when you're when you're doing it through email, I mean, it's so easy to be a troll. Yeah. <laughs> and just be sure. um, and just, you know, because at that point, the power is all yours. Right. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to um, be you know, to get what you want over email versus when you're there and you're intimidated and they do all this like tactics yeah. on you. Right. I mean, I mean the, the way, I mean, they're think about it this way. Like you want to be uh, trained to get the best deal. And you know, you know that when you go into dealership, you know, all those guys are trained yeah. to, you know, to figure out how to get the best That's deal for the sure. de- for dealership. Right. So, I mean, when you're, so when you, when you're doing this over email and so forth, it just makes it a lot easier to, you know, say no or, um, you know, basically get what you want there. But, Van, you talk about emailing. Now, I know this because I've heard it from you before. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about is it like, is this a like, do you literally just email their contact or do you usually email the manager or a salesperson? How does that work? So, typically, I mean, the, the easiest way you can go is you can go to a site like, uh, you can go to your the, um, car manufacturer site. Okay. And when you build your car, you can actually go at the end that says, like, contact these dealers. And, you know, it will, you can actually, some of the sites can actually tell you, um, how many dealerships you can contact and they'll just do it for you all automatically, right? Oh, wow. So that, you know, that's the easiest way. Um, I mean, some of the more cumbersome ways you can go to all the dealerships around your area and then email them directly because usually their contact information is on the website. Um, and in general, you want to find something called Internet Fleet um, Department because okay. they, they exclusively deal with um, online purchases. God. Yeah. But, okay. But the thing is, uh, I mean, sometimes you may not find an online uh, fleet, you know, um, a fleet department so you can just email them directly and it, i mean it's going to go to some salesperson i mean don't don't worry guys yeah, don't worry somebody's going to read that email <laughs> so every time you send out have you are they pretty responsive very oh okay. yeah within so 20, they know definitely within 24 well. hours yeah. oh wow mm-hmm. and it's usually some combination of they'll give you they, well they will always give you a price over the um, over email yes okay but then they're always you just got to watch out for the caveats right exactly is it out the door price is it is it we can beat it, but you got to come on in. That right. type of stuff. Yeah. Oh, actually, um, I'm, I would even say that. Um, actually, I, I may bring this up a little bit later, but there's uh, something I want to bring up uh, as another best practice, um, which is. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. No, no. Let's talk no. about used cars, though. So, yeah, used, used cars, cars is actually a little bit different because with new cars, again, like you know, you can do really do a lot of apples to apples comparison yeah. pretty easily. Um, used cars, again, you really need to rely on sites like Auto Trader or Kelly Blue Book to really find. 
um, you know, kind of a good baseline for that car, right? I mean, I think car gurus would tell you like any kind of car listing, it would be like, it's like $15,000 under um, uh, you know, market value and things like that. So you can use those sites as a barometer of whether or not you're getting a good deal or what goal you should be getting for those cars. Yeah, right. Okay. But, but again, like I said, you know, those, they're not the absolutes because um, where you live in particular, like for instance, in Southern California, um, you know, if Prius, if Prii or Priuses, <laughs> I don't know what's the, <laughs> if those guys are the, um, you know, if a lot of, if there's a big demand and market for that and yeah. the, the supply is pretty limited, then more than likely you're going to be paying a premium versus somebody living in like in the middle of Texas who, you know, who probably burn, you know, they, they could get caught dead driving a Prius. Yeah. Right? So it just depends on, you know, um, your zip code and where you live also depends on the price for these used cars as well. And in addition to new cars, got it. Um, actually in some new cars, uh, in some new cars, uh, uh, new cars also may also have that same problem too, because uh, a buddy of mine just bought, um, he bought, what did he buy? A Toyota, brand new Toyota 4Runner. And he actually, but um, actually, you know, he lives in Southern California, but he went to te- he flew over to Texas to drive over his Toyota Four Runner. Oh wow! And the reason be for, because because of that was because in Southern California, um, the Four Runners just were marked up so much, whereas in Texas they weren't for whatever reason. Wow! Right, so he, you know, it was more cost effective for him to fly to Texas and drive that car That's over so here, crazy. even though it's like a gas guzzler. It's just uh, you know, it's just the math worked out for him better that way. Well, there you yeah. go. But I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it for everyone to do that because it is kind of timely. And I mean, I kind of. I would never recommend you to do that, actually, yeah. Kevin, because that's a lot of work. But if somebody like not interested, if someone that. who's a car enthusiast, I mean, that. I mean, those are the things that they do to get the better price. Got it. Yeah. Now, Van, I don't know if it was last episode or this episode. You mentioned if you do do negotiations over email, something about a VIN number. Yes. Because you said, I, was it earlier today? Jeez, I'm like trying to figure out. You yeah. said. <laughs> Some people tell you to come in and then they try to swap you with like either sell you a much more inferior car mm-hmm. or something like that. But you talked about VIN. Talk to us a little bit about best practices there. Yeah. So a VIN number is basically like a serial number for your car, right? So every VIN number is, is going to be unique for every car. Got it. So Even I, if it's the same make and model. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, because uh, the VIN number um, – when you negotiate over email, you should always ask for the VIN number because, you know, when you, with a VIN number, you know exactly the car you're buying because it will list out all the options and all the features that that car has. Um, so that way they can't do any bait and switch with you, right? Got it. Because um, you could go, like I said, you don't want to be in a situation where you're assuming you're buying a certain car, but you're getting a totally different car. Yep. Right. And, you know, that's that's what the VIN number, um, that's why it's really important to know that VIN number going in. When you're doing email transactions. Now, if you're going to go in, you know, like our father-in-law kind of, you know, guns shooting about the hip. Yeah. Um, he doesn't care. I mean, he's... he's guns blazing. Yeah. He's just going to buy the car that he sees, you know, in the lot. And I mean, yeah. who cares about the VIN number at that point? Got it. But I mean, it's just, it just depends. You know, really the VIN number is really for um, online transactions. Got it. Yeah. Now, Van, I know that... You wrote here, uh, I think, a really important note about not giving too much personal information. Yep. So... Are you talking about like I didn't even know that they would ask this information until you get to the most you know kind of negotiating? But what are, what are you referring to at this point here? So typically, after you do your test drive and you're like, okay, let's go talk numbers. Yeah, um, you go sit down and that's when they start getting your information and all that. But uh, you know, um, this is something I've learned from the master, of course. Uh. He just says no, <laughs> just. <laughs> No, I just want just give me the out the door price, yeah. and that's yeah, we'll start from there, right? Because he doesn't want to waste any time. Yeah. Because if they're not going to give him the price he wants, or he doesn't give him the price they want, like why are we going to waste time by putting your all your information on this? Um, uh, but the only th- problem with that I see though is like you know in the case where 
um, let's say they say no to you today, um, you know, and let's say like a week from now they they accept your price. I mean, but they have no, in, no way to contact you at that point, right? God. So I mean, I would say just give them like uh, uh, the only thing I would give them is your name, your phone number, and your zip code. Zip and code. That's it. Um, the reason why you want your zip code is because. Um, because each county has different tax rates. Oh, I yeah, see. So I you see. want the zip code to determine what your out the door price is going to Got be, it. right? So Got it. obviously, if you live in LA County or uh, versus Orange County, you're going to have different tax rates and things like that, sales tax rates and so forth. So that's why you really need to. I mean, those those are really the three key things that you want to give them. But don't Ooh, give them your address. So don't give them anything else. Don't give you your your astrology sign or anything. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Oh, but, they don't want to know. No. <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, they may want to know. They but, may want to know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, don't give them any of that stuff. Just give them your name, phone number, and zip code, and Smart. that's all you need to give them at that point. Uh, even with your phone number, I mean, give them your Google Voice number. I mean, Got you don't want to give them your real number because, I mean, they say they shred all that information afterwards, but who knows if they really do. Yeah. yeah, probably sell it to someone. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, Van, now, obviously, one of the big things we know about the car buying process, you see it in movies, is this, mm-hmm. this song and dance on mm-hmm. our side, which yep. is you walk away. Yep. And uh, talk to us a little bit about what – best practices like i always feel a little awkward and it's like people say walk away but it's like you don't really want to walk away and i think if you think that way you're gonna you're automatically gonna lose so what is the right way to walk away oh man like um i have to tell you kevin all that all the best deals i've had i had i walked away from the table at least twice oh my god it's crazy actually as a matter of fact the acura tsx that you and your wife drive right now we've walked away from that table i think three times oh my god and i think the sticker price for that car was um before textile and license was like thirty eight thousand, uh-huh. and then but the thing is we got it like thirty two out the yeah. door, which it's meant crazy. like they had to sell it at like less than thirty thousand, yeah. you know, um, be, you know, at the retail, um, yeah, at the before all that those fees and so forth. But I mean, I, I we got we just got berated like no, there's no way we can sell it at that price, no way, no way. And then your you know their her, their dad was just like, man, he's just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like super calm. He's like, okay, we're gonna leave, no no worries. And then like as soon as we get into the car, they automatically run out and get us and yeah, they, so kept, they kept happening like, <laughs> that was, uh, like a total of t- um so we had to do that like three times or so and oh it's just i would goodness. say that because the thing is like if they don't if i mean if if you don't get the price that you want i mean like, and that's it like you shouldn't really you know uh, cater to their to their whims right yeah let them let them work for you know for you and yeah. get you to go do all that stuff um even as a matter of fact with my sister's car we bought um the prior week um, you know, we, we decided, Hey, um, you know, this, they're not going down to the price we want it. And we just left and, you know, and sure enough, like which, you know, 20 minutes later we were, you know, I was about to drive into my, into my garage and they they called me back and said, Hey, we'll take it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And well, I was like, all right, cool. And so then, I mean, it was annoying that I had to drive home yeah, yeah, and yeah. drive back, but I mean, at least they were able to, um, you know, accept the price that we wanted. Right. Smart. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, like I said, it's just, I mean, the power is all yours, Kevin. So yeah. just, I mean, don't feel like you're shaming. Don't feel like you're tucking your, you know, your, um, tails between your legs and things like that. I mean, it is it, either, you know, they want you, your business or they don't want your business. Yeah. Right. Um, I would say one time it kind of backfired on us, which was when I, you know, with, um, I helped my other friend, uh, my, you know, another really good friend of mine buy a Honda Fits. And uh, we walked out once and they got down to the price that we wanted. <laughs> but the thing is, we decided to leave anyways because we want to think about it some more. And I think like a few, a couple weeks, uh, a week after that, um, we decided we want to come back to see if we, we could go even go lower. And they decided not to go lower. And, you know, we went out to lunch and we were waiting, we were waiting for that phone call the entire time. And it just never happened. So that tells me that, hey, that's probably the lowest price they're going to go with. Wow. And uh, at that point, we were like, you know, we we I kind of felt like you know, we were walking in with our tails tucked between our legs. But at that point, I mean, it was, it was still like 
pretty low price that we got. You know, yeah. we got like about I think four thousand dollars off of what they were asking for, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. So again, it's just again, you know, you know, you, even mm-hmm. if you, le- you you walk away, you can still come back. I mean, yeah. It's not a big deal. Wow, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, and uh, one tip I would always recommend, which is really which worked out for me, like at least ninety percent of the time, is um, when you leave the dealership after you say no and after there's no deal, just wait in your car for ten minutes. Yeah, because more often, they're, more often than not, they're going to come and knock on your window, and then they're going to give you a much lower price, and you know, there <laughs> you can resume, right? Oh, and um, yes. I mean, in my case with my sister, I was kind of dumb. We just left right when we got into the car, and I should yeah. just waited like ten minutes because had I waited ten minutes, I wouldn't have to drive all the way home and then come back. But the so, key is, you still got the deal, right? Yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, any other best practices here, Van, that uh, you want to talk about? So the uh, last thing I want to put here is like, just try not to buy the first year model of anything because even though it may be a reliable car, there's usually some bugs and quirks about the first year model that you know is going to get annoying, right? Um, so for instance, in my Honda Civic with the 2000, uh, it was a 2006 Honda Civic that I bought before. Um, that one, it was the first year model for that you know generation, and you know they had an annoying problem where my visors wouldn't close. <laughs> and sure enough, it was fixed, no. like, you know, in maybe in the second year, right? And it's just something that, you know, That's little annoying. things like that, it gets annoying. I mean, it may not affect the reliability of the car, but it just affects how, um, you know, your day-to-day interactions with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I would say, you know, try to stay away from first-year models. I mean, second-year and third-year models should be fine, but you just stay away from the first year. Oh, that's pretty annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so then let's get to the point when we're buying a car, right? Mm-hmm. People always say, I want it the best deal. I want a good deal. What is a good deal, quote unquote? <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you're telling me prices go all ar- across the range mm-hmm. of it, it's kind of hard to determine what a good deal is. Is it the best? Obviously, the best price is good, but sometimes you don't have to get the most bottom price before it's considered a good deal, right? right. So what? how would you categorize or, or, or position a good deal? Okay, so I know um, what our father-in-law says is as long as you can get the outdoor price that's less than the asking sticker MSRP price, then you have a good deal. Um, Got it. I mean, that's a good rule of thumb, but mm-hmm. I think you can get a little bit more scientific than that. So... You can actually go to sites like TrueCar.com, and uh, in TrueCar.com, you can when you t- go um, type up your uh, the car you want to buy, it's going to give you like a bell curve, and it's going to tell you what the average uh, the average price is for that car, what the low price is for that car, and what the high price is for that car. Got it. So you have now you have a range right there, and that's a, that that information is pretty powerful. Um, the one thing is, I know TrueCar.com and like Costco, they may have services for you to. Um, Basically, it's like it's like the true car guarantee. Like you, this is the price that you pay, right? So it's kind of it, they basically offer you a um like a almost like a no a non-negotiating price that you can go into the dealership and say, hey, true car gave me this price. I need you to honor. And more often than not, you know, the dealership is going to honor that price, oh. which is kind of like I mean, if um if you don't want to go through the song and dance, that's probably the easiest way you can buy a car. But I would say that you know if you do that, you automatically are not going to get the best deal. <laughs> God, yeah, because I mean, with sites like TrueCar.com or even Costco, um, I mean, they have to—they're basically a middleman, so they're going to need to get some money as well, right? So, Got it. I mean, why pay the middleman money when you can do a little bit more work and then just save like you know a few hundred bucks? Got it, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, you can also go to KellyBlueBook.com to see you know where your price is there. But again, um, it just uses as a barometer, but not really as like the de facto thing, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and again, I just have to remind people that, you know, th- there are some cars that do have a high demand. So with those cars that have a high demand or if they see they could already tell that you have a lot of emotion with this type of car, 
you're you know you're already on a losing streak <laughs> yeah. when it comes to buying you know, it coming to when it comes to negotiating that price right because they know you want it they know other people want it so i mean why are they gonna they're no, there's no way they're gonna sell you a car for you know um it, they're not gonna accept your lowball offer especially if there's many much demand for it yeah. got it like i would say um even our brother-in-law he has a, a subaru wrx and that car, I mean, there's a lot of demand for that car, and the, the volume is pretty low in Southern California. So, um, it's not a lot. You know, I mean, that's I think that was part of the one um, uh, kink in uh, our father-in-law's armor where he couldn't really get a great deal out of that because oh. it was just you know the odds were stacked up against him in that case. He still got a pretty good deal. It's I mean, just not a great deal. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent deal. It's a, let's put it. It was a fair deal, but it wasn't like he wasn't stealing uh, from uh, them <laughs> like he normally he does. does. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool, man. Mm-hmm. Then the, the last section I had was, you know, these are just some general questions that mm-hmm. I personally had for you. Oh, okay. So I was hoping that uh, you can kind of walk us through this. They're not necessarily best practices, more like general questions. Okay. Um, one of my questions was, should I be afraid to test drive a car and then not purchase it? No, okay. <laughs> not at all. Um, I mean, the, the reason I say that is, I mean, sometimes I just go and test drive cars because there's a new one on a lot and I just want to oh, check cool. it out. And I mean, I, I usually tell them I'm in this researching phase and so forth, right? But I would say if, if you're going to, um, if you're not ready to buy it, let them know up front. They say like, yeah. hey, I'm in my researching phase. I'm trying to just want to see how this car feels like before I make any commitments. And I mean, a lot of times they may try to pressure you to, buy after the test drive but just say you know just say no i yeah you know, i'm not ready for that yet got it yeah okay and the second question mm-hmm. for me is it okay just to look and not purchase of course yeah again like kind of following up to that yeah window shopping i mean there's no nothing wrong with window shopping and these sales people are be they're like not going to be jerks about it they could be and just be like whatever yeah they, exactly right i mean i've been in a situation where they're like hey like you know we why don't you we sit down and i'm like no i mean I'm, I'm good and they're like sir like you know sit, let's sit down and talk a price and they're trying to like strong arm me and do it yeah. i'm like whatever yeah. <laughs> like just i just left and i said no you know you're not respecting my time and so forth oh. so I, I need i just left because i mean the thing is i usually when i go test drive i usually test drive by myself and they always think that you know it's um they're trying to you know because you know me i don't look very <laughs> i don't look intimidating at all sure. right so they feel like they can bully me into like talking numbers and all that but i you know i know i have all the power there yeah and they're just trying to fish and i just you know I basically i use some ex <laughs> i don't use any as um as, uh cuss words or anything, yes. but i just try to tell them like hey you know not not today and just go. got it yeah very cool and then lastly this is a, always a question that was on my mind so i've decided to make a purchase for with this dealership are there things i should negotiate for or ask for that are freebies yeah um so i would say like it depends right because certain if you are uh, if you know that you were negotiating at a very low like price already um usually there's no there's no, they're not gonna throw you any freebies yeah, because yeah, yeah. more than likely they're not gonna make any money off of this car um however or make any margin like uh, sizable margin out of this car right uh, but something that i always like to throw in is like let's say like we're at a deadlock and we're, they're not going down and i'm not going anywhere up i say like hey why don't you just throw on some um uh, all-weather floor mats and we'll call you know we'll make it a deal and then yeah. A lot of times they will do that. So, mm. I mean, and these all weather floor mats, it's like, I mean, for you and I, it costs about maybe 150 to 200 to buy it retail. But for the dealership wholesale price, I mean, it's they like probably get it. for peanuts, right? Got so, it. I mean, they may, I mean, I've had them BS me and say like, hey, no, this is the, you know, we pay the retail price for these. I'm like, no, there's yeah. no way you guys pay <laughs> retail price for this. You guys are, you know, stop. Stop, you know, stop playing the violin, yeah. you know? <laughs> Don't play that violin. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say like another thing is um, if you are at a deadlock, I mean, one thing that is pretty serious, that the issue takes pretty seriously is, are their surveys. 
Um, I, I mean, this is kind of like your last draw, right? You can always say like, hey, I know you guys have the surveys and I know surveys mean a lot to you. And if you guys can get me at this price, then I, I'll, I'll rate you at the highest level. And yeah. for them, it's like as in their surveys, it's like anything that's less than like perfect is bad. So even yeah. if you get like a nine out of 10, it's bad for them. So they always want to see 10 out of 10s everywhere. So you can use that as a negotiation bar, hmm. um, you know, bargaining chip as well. Very cool. Yeah, because I've, I've we've done that. I've done that once where uh, you know they didn't give me like floor mats. I was like, hey, man, I, I'll give you good. <laughs> I'll give you um good reviews on the uh, on your survey if you do that, and they, they usually budge. Because wow. I mean, because I think that ties to their commission and their bonuses and things like that. So Got it. It's very important to them. Got it. Okay. Cool. Well, that brings us pretty much to the end, Van. Uh, of this podcast, but what are some next steps? I mean, we always want to tie back our podcast to some uh, some actionable steps. Mm-hmm. If we have a uh, listener out there that is thinking about purchasing a car, purchasing a car in the near future, uh, you know, what should he or she do right off the bat? I mean, uh, first thing is figure out your budget, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I, I wouldn't start trolling like the forums and saying like, oh, what's the um, you know what's the newest be like the next beamer I can get yeah. things like that. But I would just you know figure out you know hey can I afford like a ten thousand dollar car five thousand dollar fifteen thousand dollar car and just stick with that price. Got and it. Figure out what cars can I afford with that budget. Yeah. Okay. And again, um, get your pre approvals or financing if you want it. If you are going to finance, which I think most people are going to finance, um, get that pre approval first to get you know so you can get the interest rate. Um, and you know that pre approval takes like all but you know ten minutes <laughs> to do. Um, I know with my credit union, when I get my pre-approval, um, I, they actually give me like a blank check as well. It says like I can uh, I'm pre-approved for this X amount at this interest rate. Oh, yeah, so cool. I can actually use that check as um, almost like, you know, my own check that I can write out when I buy the car. Got yeah. it. Cool. And then last question. I mean, when someone's thinking about this, is there a right time to purchase? Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I know like the, the the whole thing about like buying at the end of the month and all that. I mean, I, I, the people say that um, you know that that's not true anymore. But I actually beg to differ. I've seen. I mean, I I'm thinking that the reason why um, our father father in law is able to get such great deals is because he, you know, he's able to stack all those. Um, I guess. Uh, uh, luck against him, right? Uh, for him, actually. So, for instance, he looks at the end of the month. Um, he like a lot of cars that he buys are cars that there's like a bunch of them on the lot, um, meaning they're not pushing those products. Um, and he's usually, you know, he usually like kind of strolls in like you know sometime in the afternoons and things like that, where you know they're like you know it, let's just get one out of the, you know just one more Smart. sell out of the um, way right that day. So it's just you know th- those are the type of things he do in order to get such great deals. So in some ways, like you know. End of the month is one factor, but if by itself it may not be a huge impact, but combined with multiple factors, it could be very powerful. Oh yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah. Cool, Van. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing all that with you with us. Uh, Man, I know even this even is that something. part two is about an hour long now, so I'm surprised. <laughs> it's a good thing we did two parts. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. People would have been like, "Stop talking," yeah. but um, <laughs> or it played us at like four x speed. Know, right? <laughs> Too bad you could only do two x. Um, Anything else, man, on, on on wrapping up car buying? I thought that was pretty comprehensive. I mean, uh, I mean, this one thing actually came to mind that yeah. I thought uh, would be interesting is um, so one tactic that some of the dealership we say show is like let's say like you are low ball uh, low balling them right, mm-hmm. and then they show you a list of cars that are around the same price. Like let's say like they show a bunch of competitors that shows the car around the same price, and you can always that one line that I used was well. So you're, you know, basically, um, they're, they're kind of, I asked them like, are, so are you assuming that all these other dealerships are selling it at this exact same price and things yeah. like that, right? So, I mean, pretty much, I wouldn't, you know, just 
really in the first place that they tell you like do not you know stick with that yeah. price. Just always negotiate. I mean, regardless of how painful it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. All well, right. Maybe I'll try it next time. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'll just be in the back. Just You'll be like in the background, judging pulling you. the strings. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, say this. Or uh, I'll, you know, we'll, you'll have an earpiece. And I'll just talk yeah, to my exactly. wrist the entire time. <laughs> like, call that guy a fool. You fool. <laughs> <laughs> but cool stuff, uh, guys. Uh, if you're out there, obviously continue to uh, subscribe. Uh, we definitely could use yep. the ratings mm-hmm. and, you know, again, any questions, comments, man, where should people find us? Sure. Just uh, feel free to email us at a word about wealth at gmail.com. And you can also, uh, again, um, we do have a new website out. So That's it's right. at um, a word about wealth.com yes. where you can also contact us directly there as well. Yeah. And we'll always have, you know, episode recaps mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Van's going to be always sharing some mm-hmm. cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing this mm-hmm. since uh, end of July, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or actually beginning of July. So. Definitely check that out. Uh, could use, obviously, more site visits yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, comments and feedback. We want that engagement as well. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next time. All right. See you then. Bye.